Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Do you recognize this painting? Do you recognize this work of art? Tom does. Yeah, uh, Chad and I were debating, you know, masterpieces, work of art. You know, Chad did the Mona Lisa for us one time, and we were talking about other works of art that people would recognize instantly. This is one of them. 1893, Edvard Munch painted this. You know, I was reading on Wikipedia just a few years after this, like the early 1900s, it sold for millions of dollars. I mean, just think about that. You know, I look at this, and I just go... I have all sorts of emotions when I look at this. Like, really? I mean, yeah, it does, it does sort of evoke emotion, but really, like, that is, is considered a master. It's a work of, of masterpiece. It's a work of art. It's perfect, they say. And yet I look at it and see how simple it is. The colors, the, the lines. It looks like, you know, the sky looks like something my six-year-old does at first grade when he brings home art. But there's something different, nuanced, subtle about this painting. And I don't know if you have this experience, but do you ever gaze upon art? Do you ever gaze upon something beautiful that somebody's created and, and ask yourself, ask yourself earnestly, how did they do that? I mean, how were they able to create that? That's the question for you today. How did they do that? And maybe, maybe it's not art. Maybe it's not, it's not what you look like. Maybe it's a movie and you're looking and watching a, a cinema and there is a, a scene, an acting scene, and the actor is just portraying such realism. It's just dripping off the screen and you, maybe you catch yourself saying, wow, how did, they, how did they do that? Or maybe it's in the sports arena and, and you watch athletes perform at the highest level and they do things that you couldn't even imagine or maybe they didn't even imagine and you ask yourself, man, how did they do that? Could I ever do something like that? Maybe you've, in, in fact, tried to do something like that, and you realize you just can't. That has passed you by. You know, the Bible has all sorts of instructions in it, all sorts of instructions. In fact, it tells us how to live our life. It tells us how to use our money. It tells us how to love your family. It tells us how to raise your kids. I've read most of it, and I understand a lot of it, but I tell you, it's really hard to do it. I mean, I love my wife and my kids. I try not to provoke them to anger. I try to love my wife perfectly, but I often fail. And I wonder, as we've been talking about last week, we're in a middle of a series here, as we talked about last week, that some things in the Bible, they just seem like God is asking us to do, at times, the impossible. And I don't know if your Christian walk has felt like that. Maybe your Christian walk is perfect and you wake up and go, I love God, I feel great. Every day I feel great. My clothes look great, my hair looks great. I feel great on the inside, I feel look great on the outside. I go to work, I'm happy. I help everybody do everything. I go home, I do everything at home and I help everybody and I go to sleep and I just think about how do I help everybody and you wake up the next day and do it all over again. Is that how you live? That is not how I live. Even when I try to do that, I fail halfway through the day. The Bible talks about this all the time. It talks about all sorts of impossibilities. It talks about somebody walking on water. It talks about a paralyzed man for life on a mat. And Jesus says, get up and walk. He's never walked in his life. And Jesus says, ask him to start with the impossible. You know these verses. Love those who hate you. 
pray without ceasing. Does it feel like that sometimes? How about for your children, obey mom and dad? Or any of the Ten Commandments, frankly. How about we get to the very end? Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your strength, all of your mind, all of your soul. That's an easy way to judge people because I tell you, you can look at the best pastor, the best preacher, the best ministry, the best evangelist, and you can look at him and say, I bet you he don't love God with all his heart, all his soul, all his strength, all his mind. It's hard to do. It may, in fact, even be impossible. And we talked about that last week. What is it like when the Bible says these impossible things? How do you do it? Why would he say? Why would he ask us to do these things that are so hard to do? Why is that? Well, I have a lesson for you today, an object lesson to try to describe it. And we're going to go back to this painting here of the screen. This is a work of art. This is a masterpiece. Now, what if I told you to paint it? What would you do? Could you do it? Could you put it together? What would it look like? Ha! I asked Chad to do it again. I wanted to see what he was capable of doing. And so behind this, we have a work of art. Anybody want to see it? Some people do. Then we get the camera. It may go on YouTube. No pictures on YouTube. This is a private service. All right, let's see what we got here, Chad. I actually haven't looked at it too much. I, do, I will tell you, he did it on a whiteboard with whiteboard markers, and he used a lot of different whiteboard markers, and he was working on it quite some time in a room with the door shut, and when I walked in, I couldn't breathe. The entire room smelled like whiteboard markers. Are you okay? Hopefully Chad's okay. He's still recovering right now. But let's, let's see what he did, right? Let's take a look. Wow, right? Chad, come on. Let's see. Over here wants to see it. Let's take a look. There we go. Look at this. Yeah. This is Chad's work of art. Now, as good as this work of art is, Chad's art. Chad, even in the year of 2019, I doubt we can sell this for 120 million dollars we could ask you see chad tried to replicate something he tried to reproduce something that and unfortunately we would say hashtag fail this is a failure while it looks great he did a great job he put together a lot of energy and effort i mean he spent a whole 30 minutes on it i don't know how long it took for them to paint that, Edvard. But this is not a replica. It's not even a counterfeit. It's just an attempt. An attempt. You see, the problem here is that Chad was trying to reproduce the work of a true master. Many of those in the kingdom of God, well, we're attempting to do the exact same thing. This is what most of us are up against. We attempt to reproduce that which only God can do. We try to reproduce the work of a master. For example, let's take righteousness. I'm sure you've heard about that before. As well-meaning disciples, we attempt to learn biblical truths. We grow to learn what is right, what is good, what is holy. And by contrast, we, we grow to understand what is wrong, what is evil, what is sin? 
We come to understand what a godly life looks like through our experiences, and then at some point, we try to live it. The goal itself is worthy, admirable even. It's just all too often the way we go about achieving that goal is all wrong. We're doing exactly what Chad tried to do, trying in our own abilities to reproduce the work of a master. If you could do it, if you could do the work of the master, then you wouldn't need God at all. We erase his power in the equation, and it's a lie. You just can't do it. It's just not possible to do what only God can do. Only God can do the works of God. A holy life, a righteous life, a sin-free life, well, it's the work of God. Many of the other seemingly impossible instructions of the Bible are, in fact, miracles waiting to happen. You cannot do them on your own. Now, ask the question again, how do you do that? How, then, are we to do it? If God is the only one who can, this is the point of the message today. God must do it. God must do it. And he wants to do it. And me and you and all the leaders of this church have to let God do it. Imagine if instead of Chad trying to copy like he did today, Chad was given the artist's heart, his mind, his skill, his technique. Then it wouldn't be a struggle for Chad to produce this work. In fact, it wouldn't be a copy at all. It would be a work from that which is inside of him as if the master was painting inside of Chad. And as we allow God to work inside of us, that which he does is, in fact, his masterpiece. All right, Pastor Sean, I'm not tracking. You're going to have to break this down a little easier for me. Good. I have some verses for you because I haven't hit any, and I want to hit some now. Look at this one. It literally says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are God's masterpiece. It literally says that. You know, when my wife and I, when we're getting into a little tip at home and, you know, we're arguing and I know she's right and I'm wrong and I have to admit it, before I do that, I go, man, honey, you're a piece of work. And she laughs every single time and says, uh-huh, God's handiwork. And of course, she wins, I lose. That's how it goes. But she's reminding me of this particular passage. We are God's masterpiece. Everyone is God's masterpiece. Wherever you came from today. Whatever your background is, your situation, no matter how old you are, what the color of your skin is, no matter how much money is in your bank account, no matter what your education or your talents are, you are God's masterpiece and he created you. In fact, he didn't make a mistake, he did it perfectly. That's what it says. It says, God, we are God's masterpiece. You think he makes mistakes? You think his work of arts aren't valuable? And so we are to respect God's work of art. You know this, we're to respect one another. We're supposed to treat one another like masterpieces with honor and awe. But today I tell you, it's not just others we should be treating with honor and awe, church. How about yourself? God created you. You are his masterpiece. Are you following, church? Let's take a look at the rest of this verse. It says, 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us a long ago. Let's just break it down real quick. God creates. He's a creative God. This God creates new things. God doesn't take what you have in the old and patch it up and reuse it. No, he creates. He develops something new. God intends to use you and not use just your past, your broken pieces. He intends to create something new in you. Do you understand, church? It says that he renews us through Christ. This means that God is not just patching, but God is taking something that's in you, Christ, and he is using it to do something new in your life. What is it that he needs to do? What is it that you are holding back from? What is it that you have not yet allowed God to do in you? Because we serve a creative God. It says he creates. He creates something new, and it says when he does so, he has something for you to do. He literally has something he has planned for you to do. It says it right there on the screen behind me. Ephesians chapter 2.10. So that we can do the good things he planned for you. What is it that God has planned for you? What were you born to do? What is it that God has put in you that only you can do? In your church. Here. In your ministry. What is it that God has planned for you to do in your family? As a husband. As a wife as a parent, as a friend, as a sister, as a brother? Are you letting God work in you? Just let that settle. Are you able to recognize the good things that he has planned for you? If God is planning good things, are you able to recognize that which he is doing in you? You see, when you're a part of a church, it's easy to recognize God's handiwork. It's, it's easy to say, wow, this facility and managing this facility, I could see how God is taking care of that. Or the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we send to the mission field to protect and provide for our missionaries to send the gospel out. Or events like today, Harvest Fest, or all the countless hundreds of people that God is, is meeting through our addiction support. Or the education through VBS and Sunday school and our youth lock-in and our, our community nights. Or the homeless people getting met at the homeless shelters. Or the financial counseling that's happening here. Or the marriage seminars that are happening here. Or the Christmas support campaigns for those at Christmas gifts at Christmas time. Or the baby dedications or the water baptisms. You look at those things and you say, wow, I can see God working all things together for good. I can see that God is doing something that he planned for all of us to be a part of. In church, it's easy. If you're a part of this church, by the way, God is here. He is doing something. You feel it. You know it. You're part of the masterpiece he is working up. But today I want to explore how God is working in you personally. Let's look at this verse. It's the verse of the day, Philippians 1, 6. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know this verse? Many people remember this verse. It's a verse I see tattooed a lot confidence it starts with if you're going to tattoo it on your body at least walk around with confidence it says being confident of this very thing how often are we depressed are we unsure are we uncertain how often do we think we're inadequate unqualified yet the holy bible says to be confident in this very thing what is it not what is he doing i just told you what he's doing he has a plan for you for hope and future he planned it a long time ago who is doing it? It makes it very clear who is doing it. Who's doing it? He has begun a good work. Begun, not present tense, past tense. That means he's already started in you. What does that mean? It means before you walk through these doors, 
before you listen to a word I said, before you decide that you love God or don't love God, he exists or he doesn't exist, it matters not. He has begun something inside of you. The question is, will you allow it to happen? The mystery of today in this verse, the mystery of today is my favorite part. And I've done this before, so I'm going to do it again. The mystery of this verse right here, can you see it? Look, look, can I, let me highlight it in one more time. Look, 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 let's see, can we see it here? It says, in you. It says, in you. A good work has begun in you. Yeah, Pastor Sean, I get it. It's in you. No, I, 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 this is hard. I remind myself this every day. So if you were 25 years or older, raise your hand. Okay, there's a lot of people here over 25. So you should probably remember this advertisement. This advertisement is an advertisement for, uh oh, my, my thing just stopped working. Can you click it for me, Kevin? Advertisement for Prego. Now, if you say hashtag Prego today, you mean you're more like Jay or Jen, where that means you're pregnant. And the reason why that is, for those of you under 25, is it's a euphemism for it's in there. Prego, you know, it's in there, it's in the belly. That's what it means. Prego is a tomato sauce with lots of spices. It's in there. There was an ad you know, back in the 80s. It, it went a little like this. <laughs> What's this? Married six months and already your wife's using spaghetti sauce for jaw? It's okay, Pop. This is Prego. Prego, listen to me. The ingredients of a successful marriage garlic it's in there little bits of real herbs and onions for that homemade taste pop look it's in there and you need love it's in there 100 percent natural prego spaghetti sauce homemade taste it's in there you see church they knew back then what the bible was teaching us for right now it's in there what God intended for you to do, it's inside of you. Everything you need to do it, it's in there. It's already in there. God put it in there. The verse says it's in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying we can look around this church. Michelle, it's in there. What God has planned for you, what he intends to do, it's already in there. Mr. Stan, what God is doing with you and what he intends to do with you, it's already in there. Brian, it's in there. Austin, it's in there. You understand, oh, I know, I get it. You see, if you're nervous that I'm going to call your name, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you aren't nervous I'm going to call your name, then this message is for you. You don't know where to start. You don't know how to make it happen. You're not sure if God even wants to use you. He does. He's going to start, he's going to make it happen, and he's in there. This is a really distinguishing point of Christianity, church. We're not talking about getting before a monument and worshiping a god or an idol or singing a special song or doing a special ritual or doing something just the right way. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a God who literally says he wants to be inside of you. You say, that's crazy. I don't believe it. I don't know if I can believe it. It's too hard to believe. It's too hard to believe. Really? Since the beginning of time, we've been selling stuff like this. Do you know what this is? Well, if you're a mom today, you know exactly what this is. 
This is a supplement. It's called Airborne. There are plenty of it. It's basically a $15 bottle that includes a lot of different things in each little gummy. The gummies are pretty big, and they taste really good. And you're supposed to eat three of them um, to keep yourself healthy and, and, you know, away from viruses and bacteria in the course of a day. And, and I see them at the airport all the time, and, you know, my wife gives me one of these, and they stay healthy. And, and you spend all this money for a giant candy wedge. It's a giant candy wedge. Now, you can look on the back and say it's got this much vitamin C and it's got this vitamin D and this vitamin B and, and, and you believe it. You go, yeah, it's in there. The FDA approved it. Really? Did you see FDA on there anyway? You were, okay, you bought it from GNC. You believe it's in there. It's not just this. How about the bottle of omega-3s or the bottle of turmeric or the bottle of probiotics or, or the apple cider vinegar gummies that are going to change your life because it's in there. All of us believe it. But when God says it's in there, we take a step back. Do you see your belief, your faith comes from God? We just put it in everything else but him. Are you following, church? Prove it to me, Pastor Sean. Love to. Here we go. The Bible says, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, could it be any more clear? This is the writing on the side of the bottle, church. It says, and I will put my spirit. Is anyone, anyone asleep today? Let's try it again. And I will put my spirit in you. In you. There's a podcast going on right now. They want to hear your voice, church. Otherwise, I'm preaching to myself. Amen? I will put my spirit in you. This is, this is an amazing thought, church. God has implanted something in you. And it's growing. Something is in you. God is not just with you or for you. God is, is not just trying to do something to you, but in you. Not with you, not for you, not to you, but in you. Not around you, not including you, but in you, church. That is why we are all here today. God has put his spirit in you. We come to a church because when we come to a church, his spirit wants to commune with that of his spirit in heaven. And we come to a church at a place and sing songs and worship and pray prayers and listen to his word. And our spirit gets unleashed among the congregation because it is in us, church. Are you following? Do you feel it? Are you allowing God to work in you because there's a lot that's in there? Everything he's ever told you, every promise he's ever made, every instruction he's ever given you, the power to do it is inside of you and it does not come from you. It is a gift from God that you either lean on, rely on, or you dismiss and ignore on a daily basis. The choice is yours. It continues, Philippians 2.13. Let's take a look at it. This is one of my favorites. For God is working in you. Yeah, we've established that. God is working in you. But look at this. Giving you the desire and the... Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I am not making this stuff up. This is Philippians chapter 2. You have a Bible, open it, look at it. It says the same thing. And it's so basic and primal. Look, when you get up in the morning, the one thing that is more important than anything else other than breath is 
the fact that you have some desire. If you lack desire, inspiration, you might as well just sleep there and lay there all day, put the covers over and wish for another one. Say, when the sun goes down and the dark comes up, I can get some shut-eye. No, that's not what happens in the morning. What happens in the morning is you have some of these, you know you do, where you get excited, you know something's about to happen that day. You've planned it, you've organized it. You're about to get something, buy something, go somewhere, get educated, meet someone, and you get excited, you can feel it inside of you. That's desire. And it's inside of you, and God wants to put more of it in you. It's in there, church. Desire gets you going, and when you get going, the desire stays long so you don't quit. He's not quitting on you. It says he's going to stay till the end. And what is he doing after he gives you the desire? He gives you power, church, power to listen to his instructions, to understand his instructions, to obey his instructions, a desire to want to obey God and the power to do it. If you did it any other way, you'd be, you'd be competing with him. Our lives should be examples of God's work. Holy life, righteous life, God's work. A loving life, a forgiving life, God's work. Sin-free life, a healthy life, God's work. Do you understand that if you try to live a sin-free life on your own, you will fail within one week? Probably one day, but I'm being nice. It's impossible to live a sin-free life unless you depend on what God has put inside of you. Have you tried accessing it today, church? God does not love one pastor more than another or one family member more than another or one people group more than another. When you see God's favor on people, maybe, just maybe, perhaps they've accessed what's already inside them and already implanted in you. You know, there's a hidden truth here that I want to point out real quick before we close. A hidden competition, in fact, exists with God. Every time we try to copy his works, we copy what we see other people do. We create expectations on our own lives and put them on ourselves. We duplicate some standard that we saw in somebody or we picked up on Facebook. Every time we do this, we are trying to copy the master's work. A work that God may be doing in them that is different than is in you. Instead, I encourage you to look inside. What's there? What is God directing you to? What is the opportunity he's providing that is tailor-made for you? You know the thoughts. They bubble up sometime. You know you have them. You know what I'm talking about. The thoughts and feelings you don't share with other people. The ones that said, oh, I knew I should have been studying this or I should have went into this field or I crossed that person and I should have said something to him but I didn't. Or the stranger I don't even know. I should go say hi but I won't. And it goes on and on and on of all the things you could have done, should have done, would have done. It's still in there and God intends to use it. I don't care how old you are how much education you have, how much money you've spent on it. What God has is priceless. It's inside of you. Some people, they often say, uh, God won't put more on you than you could handle. Where is that? It's not in the Bible. No, God is in the business of putting more on you than you can handle. Why is it? Because he wants you to lean on him because he's God. He won't tempt you beyond what you can handle, but he'll definitely, the Bible's full of stories. God has put way more. I can barely handle my family, my children, my finances, my job, this church. I cannot handle it on my own. I desperately rely on him. Are you following me, church? 
God intends to produce. Look at this verse. Kevin, can you spin me up? This verse says, Hebrews 13, 21, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you. Let this sink in you, church. God is intending to produce in you. He wants to do it. If we do it in our own abilities, we are in fact competing with God. Don't compete with God. Let him produce it. If you live with the heart of God, you will do the works of God. If you live by the spirit of God, you will be in the will of God. You'll be able to move with his moving. You'll be able to love with his loving. It's in there. It's already in you. And yet so many of us, we get to a point in life where we are feeling inadequate where we're feeling unqualified and we go pursue all these things with our own effort and resources and money and time, credentials and people and networking and jobs, and we fail to realize that God has created a network, a kingdom already inside of you and opportunities you're missing every day because you're pursuing your own will. What are these things that God is pursuing and planting and producing in you? The Bible makes it clear. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you have all those things, then you know God is working in you. If not, which one of those things is God working on you today? Huh? You know freedom is in you? Freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, freedom from those anxieties that hold you back. It's inside of you already. Our bodies were born and made to heal on their own. It's the sin that, that erodes at that. And God intends to use what's in you today, church. As for this painting that Chad did, well, it's a shadow. It's a glimpse of something much better. Let God take over. Live by the spirit of the master, and what God will create in you will be a masterpiece. And again, are you letting God work in you? As I'm closing here, I have one last thought for you. I'm put this verse back up again. This is the verse from Philippians 1.6. I'll put it back up on the screen because I want, I want to ask you a question. Do you sometimes feel as though you're not making any progress? Maybe you're here today thinking that exact same thing. You're bored. You didn't know what to do. You figured to go to church on Sunday. Maybe I'll feel a little better. Maybe I'll meet somebody. Maybe I'll talk to somebody. I'm not making enough progress in my life. I'm not making enough progress in finances, in love, in my family, in education. I'm not making enough progress in my spiritual journey. You know, this verse right here at the end, it says, God will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This means that God, when he starts something, he will not cease until it's finished. When God starts a project, he completes it. Remember, regardless of what you did last night, what your good intentions were and your actions that fell short, what you said versus what you did. Regardless of what your best friend told you or your mom said or your dad said you would be or wouldn't be when you grow up. Regardless of your history today, God has started a good work in you and he intends to complete it. He promises to finish a work that has already started. When you feel incomplete, unfinished, overcome by your own shortcomings. Remember, God has promised to work in you and finish the task. 
Don't let your present condition rob you of the end game. A story that has begun before you were born. When I look at this verse here, I think of the baton because there are works today in this building and I look across and I see people and I don't just see your faces, I see your family's faces, your grandparents' faces. Even if I don't know you, I am aware today that God has sent someone before you even this moment to pray for you, to usher you, to bless you, to ask for favor in your life. And you are here today because somebody has started that work and they have followed that work and they have passed that baton. Maybe right now today to you, there is a work that you will be finishing, that God will be finishing with you. What is it, church? What is it? Have you even asked yourself? What is it that God has for me to do in this life? What is your will on earth, Father? Start with me. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.